You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Today, we are so blessed to have with us Pastor Josh Fowler and uh, Pastor Josh and Krista, uh, Pastor First Assembly of God in Greencastle, Pennsylvania. Uh, before that, they were Faith Assembly in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania. One of the things I just love about Josh and Krista's heart is breathing life back into dying places. This is something that's on their heartbeat that they have done where they've taken over a church that's struggling and, and really battling and turned it around, and that's what they're doing again today uh, and, and Greencastle. And uh, this is one of our Calvary Cares projects. We'll get a little update from Pastor Josh here in a minute, but I just so appreciate having uh, them and their family with us today. We can bless them, pray over them at the end here. Uh, and uh, Pastor Josh is gonna be finishing out our series, Scars, if you can give it up this morning for Pastor Pastor Josh Fowler. It's great to be here. Good Thanks, to have Nick. You here. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'll put that over there. Morning, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, let's let's take a vote. Let's see what uh, territory I'm in. What was your favorite Thanksgiving food this this week? Mashed potatoes. Do I have any friends? Stuffing. Berry pie. I haven't heard my favorite yet. Come on, what else? Apple pie? Pumpkin pie? Think it, something. Oh, sweet potatoes. How about cranberry sauce? Come on, where's my friends at? There we go. Cranberry sauce, that's my favorite. So uh, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Before we jump into God's Word, I do want to just give a thank you and just give an update on our church. As Pastor Nick said, we pastor First Assembly of God in Greencastle, Pennsylvania. How many have ever heard of Greencastle? Okay, how now how many have ever been to Greencastle? Anybody? Driven through, going to somewhere? Yeah, all right. We've got a few friends there. So that's where we're at. We've been there for almost a year and a half. And uh, my wife, Krista, over there, and our oldest, Anna, Emily, and then Caleb's at Kids Church. He was excited to go to Kids Church. He's like, I can't wait to go to Kids Church today. So he's checked in. He's all having fun over there with Batman. And so, um, but thank you so much for partnering with us. Thank you for blessing our church. And uh, that, as Pastor Nick said, that's kind of a passion, a calling that God has put on our heart is just helping churches. And I remember when we were interviewing with them, they said, would you rather go to an established church that's ready to go, or would you rather go to a hurting, dying church? And I said, well, sign me up for the hurting, dying church. It is just, I don't know if it's something wired strangely in my brain, but I'm going to blame it on God. I believe God's wired us and given us a passion to help hurting people, amen? And uh, Jesus came to hurt to, no, he came to hurt healing people. He came to heal hurting people, amen? And I know sometimes we like to be in comfortable places and comfortable zones, but the Lord is stretching us. He's calling each of us to make a difference. So give you a few updates. Uh, God led our family to Greencastle in July 2020, right in the middle of, of all the chaos and craziness. We had started the process before that even uh, started, uh, but we just happened to move in July. And uh, Faith First Assembly uh, was a typical church, you know. It was a church that was started in 1973, and like many churches, it had its good moments and it had its 
not-so-good moments. It had its seasons of victories and its successes and growth and expansions, and then it had its seasons of kind of debt accumulation and, and wondering, can we pay our bills and having to call the bank and say we need to stop our payments and those kind of things. It just kind of had the ups and the downs. It had the splits. It had the heartache. It had all the stories that go along with any church that's been around for a number of years. But God, amen? By his grace, God's turning around, God's breathing new life into a church, by the supporters such as Calvary Church, by so many people praying for for the church, we are experiencing a new season of breakthrough. Isn't that great news? And uh, your financial support has been such a blessing for us. It's been a blessing for our church. And uh, as of last month, we are completely debt-free. So praise the Lord for that. One of the, one of the first things I did when, when I got there, whether it was uh, the, the best idea or not, I said, all right, I want to see all the annual reports for all the years. So I read, there was a stack of annual reports. and read, and each one for the last 20 years was talking about this mortgage that was just kind of hanging over their head. And maybe you've been there. You've had that mortgage hanging over your head. And uh, so we said, you know what, I think, I think God's going to help us. We're going to attack that mortgage. We're going to pay that off. And, and the Lord did a miracle. Before the year was over, we paid that off with his help. And uh, that was a huge blessing for our church, a huge blessing. And so what we did, we started casting vision already. Before we paid it off, I said, when that's paid off, we're going to be able to sow into ministry. We're going to reach into our local community. We're going to reach globally. And Calvary was actually gave us a great inspiration for the Calvary Cares. We love the idea of Calvary Cares. Now, that name doesn't work for us. Calvary Cares, they say, yes. Jesus and Calvary, but you know, first it's something here, so we're kind of exploring some, but I love that idea. I, I remember when uh, Pastor Nick was kind of, you guys are starting that years ago, I remember I told him, I remember the video he posted, I think you were in Walmart, and you were, you were getting Christmas gifts, and as a pastor, I was like, I love that, that is a great idea. And years later, to see where you're at and all that God's doing through the Calvary Cares program and ministry. So continue to support that great ministry, and uh, uh, our church has been blessed by that. So thank you so very much. Uh, what a blessing it is just to be here. I want to thank Pastor Nick, thank all the leaders, and uh, what a blessing it is to have people in your life, pastors, friends who are cheering you on, praying for you, supporting you. And I just encourage you to continue to cheer on your pastor, continue to cheer on the team here. They're doing an awesome job. They're doing a great job. We got to see the kids' church building and, and be over here to see all that God's doing and just hearing about the future and some future plans and the, the preschool, the daycare, all the things that are taking place. You are blessed. What a blessing it is to be here. So thank you so very much. So, all right. Are you ready to get into God's word today? I hope so. Let's, let's open your Bibles or watch the screens or whatever you need to do. Turn on your phones. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, I have to be honest here. The, the scripture that I was given, I was like, oh, this is a, this is a tricky one, you know, but we're going we're gonna to believe God. God's got a great word for us today. It's not my word, it's his word, amen? And anytime we're, we're digging into his word, it's a word that can change and transform our hearts, amen? So let's dig into first, first, Second Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 1. I want to read this. The Apostle Paul says this, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. 
Paul says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses, verse 6. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And here's our focus for today, verses 8 through 10. Paul says this, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Have you ever prayed to God, to God, would you take this away from me, whatever it is? I think we've probably all been there. God, heal this. Help me in this situation. Paul's pleading. Three times I pleaded to the Lord, take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast, he uses that word again, all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. And he lists them in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Would you pray with me? Jesus, help us today. Help us to hear what you have for us to say. Help us to understand what you're speaking to us. And most importantly, help us to obey what you are saying to us. Help us to put it into action today. That you would turn our pain and use a purpose for your honor, for your glory, that you would be glorified in all that we say and all that we do today, that you would use us, you would change us, you would transform us for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, anytime you're reading scripture, especially a scripture like this, it's, it's important to ask a few questions, what we would call exegetical questions. Two questions we want to ask of this text. The first one is this. What was the Holy Spirit saying in that situation? It's the questions we ask about context. What's the context? What's the specific situation? What is Paul dealing with? What are the particularities of that? And then the second question is this. What is the Holy Spirit saying to us today? And so as we approach this text, we begin by saying, okay, what was going on here? What, what was taking place here? So the Apostle Paul somehow was given some kind of, he calls it a thorn in the flesh. It was a difficulty that God allowed and that God ultimately used for his purpose. Paul labels it, he calls it a messenger of Satan. I love that. That's a powerful name right there. That's a messenger of Satan. How many have known him, I won't say that, but how many have dealt with a messenger of Satan before? He, Paul believed that it was sent there to torment him and to keep him from being conceited. 
what this specific thorn in the flesh was, no one really knows. You can read commentaries and books and scholars will have all kinds of possibilities. Was it a physical ailment? Was it a struggle that he had physically or maybe a mental struggle? Was it an impairment that he had? Was it a, a sinful struggle? On and on. We could, we could spend the morning talking about the speculations of what was the thorn in his flesh. We could do that and then we could totally miss the point. Also, if we're not careful, we can read a passage like this and we can try to squeeze it into our situation, into our context, and and begin to blame God for the things in our life. Well, God gave me that, and God gave me this, and it's because of this, and God gave COVID, and God did this, and we could assign blame for all these things. And I don't think that's what the Holy Spirit is saying through this text today. I believe the Apostle Paul is describing something unique that God was doing in his life, something that carries principles for you and for me today. So we go to the second question. What is the Holy Spirit saying today? What is God saying through this text today? What are the principles that he wants to leave for us? And we end up with one more question is this. We find ourselves asking, how can God bring purpose through my pain? How can God bring purpose through my pain? I might ask a question like this. Are you walking with a limp today? Are you walking with a scar today, a wound today? Is there something that you prayed to God for over and over for him to take away and you still are walking with a limp? Or maybe we're in Steelers territory, I believe, right? I think once we got on the turnpike and started paying an exorbitant amount of tolls, it was Steelers country, all right? So is this this Steelers territory? All right, okay. Maybe for some of you, You've got a Le'Veon Bell type of uh, thorn today. A pain, a difficulty that just won't go away. It's a wound. And then as I was researching, it looked like the Steelers offered $70 million for him to stick around. But sometimes there's a wound, there's a scar that just won't go away. Here's the question we can all ask today. How can God bring purpose through my pain? What kind of limps do we walk around with? Maybe it's a physical limp. Maybe it's a sickness. It's a condition. It's something that the doctors say there's no cure. You're always going to have this. Maybe it's an ailment. Maybe it's an emotional limp. It's a wound. It's, a, it's emotional baggage. It's your past. It's a relational limp. It's a, it's a loss. It's a death, it's a wounded relationship, it's a failed relationship, it's an unsaved spouse, it's a prodigal son, it's a prodigal daughter, maybe it's a spiritual limp, it's questions that you don't have answers to. How can God bring purpose through your pain and through my pain? Number one, a limp reminds me that I am completely dependent upon God. A limp reminds me that I am completely dependent upon God. Verses 8 and 9, Paul says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. 
This is the Apostle Paul. This is the great Apostle, right? He should be able to pray and it should be taken away, right? But he prayed and he pleaded with the Lord. But what was God's response to him? He says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. The Lord isn't just saying that to Paul. He's saying that to you today. He's saying my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. You see that without God's grace, without God's power, we can't be who God's called us to be, and we can't do what God has called us to do. I want to say that again because I know it's kind of countercultural to think that way, but without his grace, without his power, I can't be who God's called me to be. And I can't do what God's called me to do. Well, Pastor, isn't it if you just put your mind to it, you can do it? Without him, without his power, without his grace, we can't do it. We can't live the life that he's called us to live. We can't live in victory and walking in, in newness of life without his grace, without his power. He says, my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul writes this in Ephesians 2. I'll skip down to verse 8. He says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's by grace You've been saved. It's kind of like God has handed each of us keys to a brand new Maserati. How many would love to have a brand new Maserati? Rev that thing up. He hands us the keys and he says, I will be your sheets. Because we know in a Maserati is just a Maserati that's sitting there without fuel in the engine. And God wants us to be dependent upon him. We, he needs us to be able to pull up to the, to the fuel station and to fill our lives up with his presence and his power and to live this life completely dependent upon him. We had a van. I don't think it's the one we're driving now, but we had one that the fuel light came on. How many of the fuel indicators is just a temptation to see how many more miles can I get out of this tank, Right? That's not, that's not like a danger thing. It's like, all right, actually, that's, I'm more like, let's get cash. She's like, oh, we can make it. That thing says 30 miles. I can, I can think we get 31 out of this puppy, you know? Well, one day we pushed it just a little too far, and our vans are knocking, and it was like, we were like rolling down the hill to get to the gas station after church one Sunday. God knew the proclivities and the propensities of the Apostle Paul, and he, he easily, could easily lead Paul to pride. And so God allowed something in Paul's life that would keep him humbly dependent on the Lord. And so we learn that a limp, something in our life, allows us to be completely dependent upon God. Number two, a limp gives me another reason and another way to praise God. A limp gives me another reason and another way to praise 
God. Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. He says, I delight in them. He's a crazy man, right? For when I am weak, then I am strong. The Apostle Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Why? Because, because he's crazy? Because he's losing it? No, he says, so that Christ's power may rest on me. He continues, that's why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. That's a countercultural theology today. That's going against the grain and the stream of life today to say, I'm going to live dependent on God. I'm going to live needing his grace and his power. I'm going to live knowing that even the weaknesses and the struggles allow me and give me a greater reason to give glory and honor to the Lord because when I'm weak, he is strong. God's goal and God's plan for your life For my life is not to make me happy, and it's not to keep me out of harm's way. God's goal and his plan for my life and for your life is to draw you to the one who is holy, to draw you to the one by whom you can do all things. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, Maybe a familiar scripture, we we know that verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or who gives me strength, but let's begin at verse 10. Paul says this, he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at the last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances Paul says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then he says this, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. A limp gives me another reason in another way to praise God. I'm going to close with a story here. If the worship team and those who are helping with prayer this morning would come forward. just want to close with one last story to wrap this all up. There's a story of this young guy who was happily married and he and his wife were busy serving the Lord. One day there appeared on his neck a lump And he didn't think much of it until after a few weeks. The lump was still there, and it had not gone away. Eventually, a friend of his who was a surgeon told him to let him biopsy it to make sure it was nothing serious. And so the biopsy was done, and a few days later, the surgeon sat down with a young man and his young wife to tell him the results. You have cancer. He would soon find out from his oncologist that it wasn't just cancer. It was cancer that had spread around many of his organs. 
and was making it hard for him to breathe. His oncologist told him that he wanted him to start on aggressive chemotherapy treatments right away. And that because of the treatments, the chances of them having children naturally were basically gone. The young couple were so discouraged to receive all this news. They hadn't had any children yet, and it looked like they may never get to. Well, that young guy back in 2006 was me. I received that diagnosis of cancer. I was told that I would never have children again but God. I walked with a physical limp for much of that year. I experienced the absolute truth of his word and his powerful promise that Paul spoke when he says, when I am weak, then I am strong. Through the sickness, through the treatments, through the loss of hair. Yes, I did lose my hair. You say, it never came back. No, it never came back. Through the loss of physical strength, God's power was made perfect through weakness. But the story doesn't end there. God healed my body completely. He removed all the cancer. And not just that, he graciously provided us with three beautiful children. Healthy children. Anna and Emily and Caleb. They are our daily reminder of that time when I walked with a limp. And the beautiful thing is that God continues to use that story. I hear it over and over again. Oh, I told your story to someone else. I, oh, I told your story. God's used that story, that limp. He's used that season. He's used that scar to bring help, hope, and healing to others. Because when we are weak, he brings strength to us. Amen? A limp reminds me that I am completely dependent upon God. A limp gives me another reason and another way to praise him. The big idea for today is this. We often lead with thorns or a limp, and that isn't something to be scorned, but for God to use and display his strength through us. We're going to have a time of prayer down at the altar and if you're walking with a limp today, Jesus says this to you, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. If you're walking with a limp today, Jesus says to you, because of my power and because of my presence in your life, when you are weak, then you are strong. And so as the worship team plays, three things you can come forward you can come forward for salvation. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Jesus, I want to give my heart and my life to you. Or maybe you're walking around with some pain and you want prayer. You want, to, you want someone to agree with you. God, would you, would you heal me? Would you strengthen me? Would you, would you bring purpose through this situation? So asking for two things, salvation today 
in prayer for your pain. And that God knows, God will bring purpose through the pain that you're going through. Would you come forward this time? This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 